You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. James chapter 1, James chapter 1. Let's, uh, let's, let's read verse 19 again one more time together. Ready, begin. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to... And tonight I want to remind you, this church, these people, these saints of God, James the just is writing to them. Chapter 1, verse 1, they're scattered. It wasn't a pleasant time. It wasn't an easy time. It was persecution time. And now they had been scattered abroad everywhere. Uh, the security that they enjoyed was interrupted. You know, there's something about security in a home, in a marriage, in a life, and in a church. And when security is interrupted, you better be careful. COVID has interrupted us the last almost two years. Nationwide, worldwide. And if you don't believe it's uh, affected us worldwide, uh, you, I'll give you the missionary letters. It's very, very sad. Every month as we have about 150 missionaries and I read their emails or their letters, they come in and you can tell they're under bondage. There's many times we think we're under oppression here. I think we are. But I tell you what, the oppression is unbelievable in some of these countries. And the regulations are so strong and no hope in sight. And we're told, as I mentioned this morning, a preacher told me this week, he read the account just last week that 40% of preachers are thinking right now of leaving the ministry. All ages, not old men only, middle-aged, young men, thinking just getting out. It's not getting out time, you young preacher boys. It's getting in time. You know, World War II, World War II, guys kept going. And the greatest work of the church began to really happen in America in the late 40s and 50s and 60s. God did great things, growing churches, bus ministries, missions to, uh, ministries, and it's Christian schools. We were opening in the 70s three Christian schools a day, 365 days a year we were averaging. You're hard-pressed to find them now. Great revivals often follow great persecution. Great disappointment. I don't know what God's doing in your life, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's tough for many people. It's tough when I have every week people saying to me, Pastor, I don't get the shot, I don't have a job. I don't get a shot, I don't have my career. Things are, it's oppression right now. Everywhere you look. And if we're not careful, if we are not careful, we begin to think it's Hopeless. Hey, I'll tell you what, child of God, as long as there's a Bible, and as long as there's a God, and as long as there's a New Testament local church, whether above ground or underground, there's still hope. There's hope in troubled times. These people were going through troubled times. They were scattered. But you better watch some things when you're scattered. He tells you in verse 19 what to watch. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, as we're under pressure and as God's people worldwide that are watching under pressure in 2022, I want to speak to you tonight on SSS. 
Swift, slow, slow. I want you throughout the week to every day as you're at a stop sign or stoplight, I'd like you to say out to yourself, SSS. I need to be swift. And slow, slow, if you want to add another one, slow. Everybody else is writing the Bible, you might as well as well. Swift, slow, slow. God says I want to be swift to what? Swift to what? Hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. What is God saying to you? My dear friend, Brother Rocky Baker, and when he and his wife here were here for a while, a year, a year and a half, whatever it was, and we were in high school together, and uh, they're here from Idaho doing work, and uh, as he was here, he would say, I don't, he has four boys, I don't ask my boys, uh, what'd you get from your Bible today? I'd ask him a question, I liked it, I wish I could go back and re-raise our kids and ask this question, what is God speaking to you about? What is God say to you. I think we, we condition our family to check the box. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? But I love what he said. What is God saying to you? In these balconies, on the lower floor, the youngest to the eldest, what is God saying to you? How's God speaking? We sing, he still speaks, I know. Well, what's he saying? He says it through his word. He says it through the Holy Spirit. He says it through the work of God. He says it at the house of God. He says it in private when we're walking alone with him. God still speaks. I know his voice. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, I don't want to get to a point in my life, well, I've been in church all my life. Now, God, don't speak. Leave me alone. I'll do my own thing. I don't want to do my own thing. And he that hath an ear, let him hear. And God says, I want you to be swift. Swift means to take action. It means to uh, speedily open your ears, quickly open your ears. I say today, suggest tonight, that parents ought to be quick to hear. Quick to hear your children. Let's learn to listen more than we lecture. Listen to your son. Listen to his face. Listen to his reaction. Listen to his attitude. Listen to his voice. Listen to his words. Listen to the positive. Listen to the negative. And don't be breaking in on, no, 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 you're not right with God. Listen to him. Listen to your daughter. Listen to your children. Children, listen to your parents. Where in the world did we get this generation to think that, well, I know more than my mother. After all, she's old and dumb. I know more than my dad. He doesn't know anything. Yes, he does. And he's been already where you're trying to go. Why don't we learn in our, our homes as parents and as children and as mates, are, are we listening? Say, Pastor, I'm glad a mate says, I'm glad... I'm glad you're speaking about this tonight because my, my, my husband just doesn't listen. Doesn't listen. He needs to listen to me. People that think that are generally jabbers themselves. They jabber away all the time. 
Well, you know, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm not content. I'm, I just, I just, spiritually, you know, the Lord, uh, the Lord has to give me peace about it. I don't like this. I don't like our house. I don't like the area. I don't like our church. I don't like life. I don't like anything. I wish he'd listen to me. Why don't you close your mouth and be swift to hear? And it goes for you effeminate men, too. Well, I don't like things. Honey, you never listen to me. My, fellas, fellas. Go take a long walk up a short pier. Be a man. Man up. Come on. Men are so moody today. It's, it's nerve-wracking. The sissified nature. Well, I'm offended. I, I never heard of that growing up. Man being offended. Well, I'm so hurt. Well, you know what? They just look past me. You need to go back into the nursery. And have some of these mothers that cares for in the nursery kids get after you in there. They'll, they'll straighten you out in a heart. It's getting quiet in here now, I guess. I Let everybody be swift to hear. Swift to hear. Children, you, parents, listen to this. Some of your children, I love them all. Some of your kids speak too much. They, they, they. Uh, Well, the Spirit of God said, don't say what I'm going to say, so maybe it's not the right. But I will continue on the thing. Your kids talk too much. I preach a friend of mine, he's my age, and he's raised his kids and his grandkids, and they're, they're, they're getting older now. But he said, I used to tell my kids, your jaw's on overload. Some of your kids talk too much. You just talk, 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 talk too much. It's time to listen. Swift to hear. There's a lot of things I, I fail at in my Christian life. So life, a lot of things in just life in general, I'm, I've not done well, I'm not good. But I'll tell you one thing. I, 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 I've not, I, I never got, I never received counsel from my peers. I always wanted to get unto Jeremiah 6, 16, the great men, the old men. I love being around them. And those old men would come to this church, and I would engage in conversation. I'd carry a, I would talk on a conversation. But I was always asking a question in five, six, seven, eight words, and I'd shut my mouth and listen. I can remember on a Wednesday night after church, Dr. Lee Robertson had been passing through, and he stopped, and he preached for us on a Wednesday night. The choir sang like they used to sing every Wednesday night. And, uh, and the, uh, the service, and it moved along, the announcements and everything. And then we, I, I, he said, let's go to your office. And he and his wife came to my office afterwards. And we sat down on the Clyde Avenue property. And I remember him just talking. And as he talked, I, I'd formulate the second question. I'd ask him just in a few words and then listen. I gleaned so much listening from Elite Robertson. I've gleaned so much listening to Bobby Robertson. Hey, that man had more wisdom in his little fingernail of his baby finger than I had coursing through my entire body. The man was a man of God. He's with our Lord. I didn't want to jibber jab. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to, I wanted to ask questions and then shut my mouth and listen. I want to listen to a Tom Malone. I gathered questions. These men would come annually. I'd have always questions typed up. I'd have a page or two or three 
printed up, question one, be 35, 40 questions. And I said, if we have time, can we sit down? I'd give them the booklet. I'd have a booklet. And we'd sit, he goes, oh, these guys would answer those questions. All right, number one, Brother Trevor, you're asking this. And I didn't go on and debate and question. I'd write down notes. And they'd do this. Secondly, you ask this. Thirdly, you ask this. Because I wanted to listen. Young men, if you go into ministry or in life or in business, and young ladies, man, one of the best things you can do for your life right now is listen. Listen to your dad, listen to your mother, listen to a preacher, listen to a professor, listen to a school teacher. Listen, listen, listen. We talk too much. My Bible says to these scattered people, be swift to hear. Swift to hear. Mothers, you're, at least my wife was an expert on this. We had the joy of having Brother Tim after college graduation live with us. He was serving the Lord here and God was using him and he, uh, he was still single. And so he stayed with us. We lived a few blocks from here and, 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 and we would wait up. I, I, I just keep our ears alert. He was grown and, and he'd come home at night and sometimes late, you know, 10, 30, 11, 11, 30, whatever. And I didn't wait for him and ask him, where have you been? What have you been? I mean, he was a young adult. He was godly. He'd walk with God. Many times he'd get home and just walk around the neighborhood at night praying. And, and early in the morning, I had neighbors ask me, said, do we, we see Tim walking a lot these days? And we don't know what he's doing, but we think he's probably be praying. Is that what he's doing? I remember some neighbors asking us that. We'd go to our room at night. He was still not in. And my wife has ears like the rest of you mothers. She would say, as he turned the corner and came around, and he didn't have a loud truck, a loud muffler system, or a car. He had a quiet vehicle. And she would say, and you know this is true, she'd say, Tim just turned the corner. He's coming around the corner. I mean, this is 10 houses down or whatever it is. I said, no, no, he's not. You can't hear that. Windows are all shut, shut. And she goes, he's coming. I said, no, he's not. She goes, he's pulling up right now. I said, he is not coming. Next thing I know, he'd be putting a key and opening the door and the alarm would go off. Ding, 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 ding. A mother can hear a good mother. You can hear what's going on in your home. You can hear what's going on in the rooms. I grew up in an era where when you finally got a phone, you got, yeah, I got one phone in the house. We had a party line. Most of you don't know that. Ask some of the older people uh, around here. <laughs> Bill Shilton will know what, what a string line is about. He knows all that stuff. We had a party line, and our phone number was Sycamore. You always had SY, and then just a few. Our Chicago was Wabash and a few numbers, and, and we, we, we would use that, that party line and talk. And I remember we got a phone in the kitchen. And my dad had one of those cords you could, we had a kitchen and a living room and then three bedrooms in the back, and you could walk that phone all the way around the cord. You'd just walk around. It could get to the other room. And I recall 
some of the students in my school were finally getting room, phones in their own room. He said, oh, no, we're not doing that in this house. We're not putting phones in your room. I want to know what's going on. And when your child, that you give them this beautiful new, I don't even remember what cell phones are. I bought my wife one many years ago, and I probably need to update it. What are they, $400 now, $500? I don't know what they are. You're laughing, am I too low? I thought I was being too high. Oh, no, she told me she needs a new cell phone. Are they more than $200? A flip phone? That's the end thing, huh? Those, those new flip phones? I know that, that's the big thing. That's, that's what we want. But, but, but you buy these kids these phones, and then you let them go to their rooms? Mothers and dads, you don't know what's going on. You're going to destroy those kids. I won't be longer on that because his Bible says, let, let every man be, first three words, swift to hear. Say it together, ready? Swift to hear. Swift to hear. I'm reminded in 2 Samuel where David, 23, was getting older and they were in battle. And he just mused within himself one night and said, oh, if I could just have a drink of that water. From Jerusalem, if I could just have a drink. And three of his mighty men heard that that night and they escaped out to go get it. You know what those men, they had their ear open to the heart of the leader. And David, when he, they brought it back, said, we brought it for you. He said, I, I, you know, really, I, he, I'm not asking for that. He dumped it out. He said, God bless you, man. Sometimes, sometimes, and by the way, I, I just felt that after I said about that cell phone, I am not asking anybody. In fact, she's my wife. I'll buy her her cell phone. Knowing this church, you would, you know, go buy it for her. So please, 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 please. I wasn't hinting. I just, after I got telling that, I, 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 I am hinting for $100,000 tonight. But, uh, but, but please don't read into that, please. In this pulpit, I got to be so very careful what I say because if you think we want it, I, I do want a new Mercedes, that's what I, I think I'd be a better pastor with that. I don't think I want a Mercedes. Uh, I, I, was, I saw a Lamborghini recently. Would those be over $50, I guess? I don't want a Lamborghini. Let's go, let's go to the second one. Let every man be swift to hear. What's the, the second three words? Say them together. Ready? Slow to speak. God gave us two ears and one mouth. Let's be very careful how we use that mouth. Slow to speak. He that refraineth his lips is wise. He that is slow to wrath is great understanding. A hasty spirit seeketh folly. President Lincoln had a tremendous Secretary of State, Stanton. And Stanton and Lincoln were in the midst of the Civil War and, and Stanton was like Peter, impetuous. And Abraham Lincoln was rather staid and quiet about a lot of things. He'd think them through. Perhaps it was because they had lost a son. And then when they got to the White House, his second son died. And then his wife literally went crazy. And Mary Lincoln went to the second floor of the White House and she pulled all the shades, blackened every room and lived in dark. They said that she would go into seances 
and crazy things, satanic things. She lost her mind during the midst of the Civil War and all the troubles and all the adversity and he had to be facing that at home with Mary. Uh, Mary was one day, uh, that spring of the year, just a little, it, it just seemed like it was a little bit better and, and she said, let's, let's go for a, a, a carriage ride, Abraham. They had such a good day. That night she said, let's go, let's go to Ford's tonight, Ford's Theater, and let's just go there. They had such an enjoyable day, an enjoyable night. That was the night he was assassinated. Just such a sad story about Abraham Lincoln's life. If you see the pictures that they have of his life from when he went in in 1860 to when he was shot and killed in 1865, he was just an old, old agent man. The war and all of it. He and Stanton were reviewing all the generals. As we were reviewing the generals, Stanton said, this guy has to go. And he named the name of the man that had to go. He said, he needs to go now. We got to get rid of him. And he went on to, uh, he began to express how, how, how disappointed he was in this general Stanton did. And he said, what are you going to do, Mr. President? And he said, I suggest you write a letter. Take some time with it. Take a couple days and write the letter. I'd like to see it before you send it. Two days, Stanton came back into the office and he said, Mr. Lincoln, here's the letter. And he scathed that general. And he wanted to relieve him of his duties. He said, Mr. President, what do you want me to do? Can I send it now? He said, no, see that garbage can right there? Throw it away. You don't want to send this. You know, sometimes if we could just be slow to speak. Some of you dear husbands, if you could just be slow to speak with your wives. Young men, don't be saying, oh, you're just like your mother, unless it's positive. Don't be saying to your husband, oh, you're just like your dad, unless it's positive. Uh, don't be criticizing your mate. You never listen to me. You always frustrate me, he says to his wife. Be careful with the always and the never words. And God's word says, I want you to be swift, swift to hear, but always slow to speak. They said in World War II, they tried to share with the military men, from my knowledge, what the next step was and what they were doing. But they had a statement they said during World War II, a slip of the lip may sink many a ship. You don't want to talk when you're not supposed to talk. You want to listen. You want to listen as you're doing now in preaching. You want to listen in school. You want to listen with your eyes. If your parents, you're speaking to your son or daughter, you don't have your eyes, you don't have their ears. You got to be looking. You got to be watching. You got to be listening. And then the third one he says to us tonight, let everyone be swift to hear. What's the first one? What's it? First one again? Second one is what? And the third one is, let's read the three words, ready, begin, slow to wrath. In 2022, we'll be given this opportunity. Listen, 
do it quickly. And be slow to speak and slow to wrath. What is wrath? It is that word that means simply explosions. You say, well, you have to understand, I'm, and you put in, I'm a German. I'm German. We just do that as Germans. I do, we do that. I'm just, I'm Italian. We do that. And you put in whatever nationality. Don't blame your nationality. Well, it's just the way my family was raised. Well, then you're raised wrong. Well, I just watch my dad explode all the time. Then you don't. Well, I watch my mother. She would always get angry. She, well, she'd get upset. Well, then don't you do that. God says I want to be slow with wrath, slow with explosion, slow with outburst. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Him that ruleth his own spirit is better than he that taketh a city. You're going to have to have the spirit of God control your emotions. You're going to have to control your emotions. With, don't, don't send that. I've told you recently before, I, was, I said it on the radio, I think, a couple weeks ago. I, I, I recall, I was several years ago on the radio, and I was speaking about, not this verse, but I was talking about we, we, we express ourselves too quickly and we hurt relationships because we're just so reactionary. I say, hey, 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 stop, stop, stop. Don't. Are you listening to me? I said, don't send that letter. I'm talking about you have the letter ready for your mother-in-law. Don't send it. A listener from Michigan wrote in and said, you know what? You said, don't touch that dial. Don't turn this station off. And you listen to me, don't send that letter. She said, the letter was written. I was ready to tell my mother-in-law a piece of my mind. And when you said, don't write the letter, don't say what you're going to say, she said, I decided that God was speaking to me and I did not send the letter. And I'm so very grateful. Be very careful how you wound relationships on the pathway of life. It's so easy to ruin a marriage. It's so easy to ruin a relationship with a son or a daughter or a mother, dad, or scar it. It's so easy to hurt one another in a New Testament local church. It is so easy to hurt people at work. It is so easy to say the wrong thing to people. Remember when Barbara, after my dad had lost his business, Barbara would pick up my mother. She began to work outside the home because they were really struggling. We uh, got out of our home and we moved into a little tiny, tiny small apartment on Santa Clara Street in Hayward. And then we began to rent a home in Centerville from the, pay, uh, the Perrys, I'll never forget it. They lived in Georgia and they had this house we were renting. And Barbara would pick up my mother and they'd go to work and she had a brand new, beautiful 1962 Plymouth. I'll never forget the day and in the 50s, most Catholics would put statues on their dashboards. Just, just They always had them. It, it just had them all the time. And Barbara was a Catholic and she had these statues for protection on her dashboard. My mother would ride with her to Hayward to go to Sears and work there in collections. And then she'd come back at night. I remember one night when she came home 
still the sun was out. I, I, Barbara was always very nice to me, a single adult lady. And she pulled up with my mother, and my mother was thanking her. She was still in the car. And I said, oh, Barbara, is this your family? Laughing about her statues. And I'll never forget my mother said, Barbara, I am so sorry. Please accept my apology for my son, and I'll deal with him. The next day, after my mother dealt with me, my Barbara came up, and I had to go to see her at the door of her car, and I said, Barbara, I am so sorry I said that yesterday. I learned so much from that experience. I wish I could say I learned it for life, that every conversation's been good. You know, sometimes I know someone's coming in, and they're angry, and they're upset. I pray, oh, dear God, put a, put a watch on my mouth. Seal my mouth. Most of the time, I know where a conversation's going. Most of the time, I can figure it out what it's about. You don't preach to people without knowing what they're thinking most of the time. And sometimes some people come and they're very unkind. Most, most are very kind. I can recall a lady, she and her husband eventually left our church, very successful, good, good couple, good, really good couple. It's probably 30-something years ago. And she came in and I'd make, apparently, jokes about cats and things, you know. And she got so mad. But it sideswiped me because I didn't know that's where we were going. And they were sitting across the table and I was on this side and he talked and he, we were such good friends. And oh, oh, I wasn't prepared for this one. And oh, did she let me have it. Oh my goodness, did she light into me how bad I was and how wicked I was and no business being a pastor. You know what I... It was just the grace of God. I did lose them, but I'm glad I didn't say what I wanted to say. Now, there have been many times I wish I could have it back. You know, I've never had a problem in 40, March 1st, 46 years with deacons, but one time. And he's probably watching because he's my dear friend. He lives in Florida. His wife has passed away. He's remarried. He's serving God. He's a good man. But we were trying to make a decision on something with the deacons. And I purposed I would never bring anything to the church unless it was a unanimous vote. And he would vote every month on this issue. No, I can't vote for that. It got to the point every man was voting for it. And he said, no, I can't vote for that. I can't vote for that. And sometimes I'd leave frustrated, never said anything, but it was bothersome. It was obviously the right thing, but he'd vote no every time. And we waited a whole year. In the second year, toward the end of the second year, he, he, he started to push on me real strong. It was a Wednesday night after church in the building. I'll tell you when it was, 1983. I, I know exactly when it was. Just thought of it because we had just gotten in our building. And he began to push on me after church. And I listened, and I listened, and I listened. And I, I was trying to be patient. He just kept, he wasn't trying to be mean. It just, he just wasn't giving in. And he kept talking, and I was getting frustrated, but I held it. 
until he pushed me the last time. I'll never forget it. I threw my arms up. Said, fine. Why don't you pastor this church? I never forget how sad I was with myself. It just broke my heart that I talked to someone that way. And almost immediately, I looked at him and I said, call him by his name. He's a good man, by the way, still a good man. It wasn't him, it was me. I said, I'm so sorry. I should have never talked to you like that. I just, to this day, it bothers me. I've never been mad at a deacon, never yelled at a deacon, never retaliated. But that night, on that Wednesday night after church, I, I was so frustrated. I remember apologizing. I, never, I, I remember feeling so terrible about myself. But we never lost our friendship. In fact, I think it strengthened. And down the road, after two years, he said, you know, Pastor, I've been weighing this thing out. I think you deacons are right. I think we need a vote. And whatever, I don't even know what it was. We brought a unanimous vote to the church and passed it. You know, the truth is, I don't think he was being bad. I don't think he was trying to hurt the church. Maybe he put us on God's timetable. Maybe two years before that wasn't the time. And God was using him. And a young, impetuous pastor was so frustrated. God doesn't want you to be explosive. And God doesn't want me to be explosive. I can remember on two occasions, explosion. Oh, I never hit our kids, but I can remember getting frustrated, upset. And they knew I was upset. And I remember immediately saying, I'm wrong, kids. Please, please. See, I'm trying to tell you this because I know we're not perfect. I, I know we lose it at times. Anytime I've ever lost it, and there's only been this few little handful of times like that, I've always felt bad. I've always felt hurt with myself that I failed so badly. As we go into 2022, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what you're going to face. But three words, swift to hear. Three words, slow to and slow to. Don't, don't let anger rule your life. Don't let explosions rule your life. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.